All right. What's up, y'all? This is Cam with the Be For Real show. And I am with Asa and James, who is a first-timer. So, James, how's your week been? Um, tell us a little bit about yourself as well. You get one minute. Go. Well, you know, it's been pretty fantastic so far. Um, there's been a lot of uncertainty recently, but I've definitely been leaning on the Lord for that um, in terms Amen. of my career. Um, you know, and really just figuring out like my direction um, that I want to take in life yeah. and everything. But yeah. um, it's been a good week. I'm really excited to be on. And um, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to what we're going to talk about. Absolutely. So we're talking, we're talking about the series Running the Race Called Life. Today, specifically, we will be discussing uh, what it means to, quote-unquote, um, skip down the path. And that path, some of you, if not all of you, will call life in your walk with Christ, or if you're not a believer, just your life in general. So we wanted to introduce the scripture for today, Hebrews 12, 1 through 2. Asa, would you mind reading that for us? Absolutely. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Mm, okay, sweet. So, first off, you know, what does cloud of witnesses mean? Because he, Paul, who is the alleged writer of Hebrews, says that we are surrounded as believers, the three of us here, surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. So, Asa, would you mind kind of diving into who those cloud of witnesses are? Yeah, I'll give a little bit of context. In the previous uh, chapter in 11, um, Paul also writes about a list of believers in the Old Testament that some refer to as the Hall of Faith. Is that right? I could say Hall of Faith. Hall yeah. of Faith. I would say so. Um, that's, people that's like, I like that. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Yeah. Um, I think Ruth is in there. Ruth is as well. I Gotta have Ruth. Some great believers that are lessons to all of us. And when Paul in uh, verse 1 here says we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, he's talking about in the previous chapter, he used them all as examples of people who walks in faith. And we can look back and see what they endured. And that can in turn inspire us. I can. Their testimonies really should give us motivation to continue to focus on Christ and follow after him. So that's what he's talking about there. Now, verse 1 ends with, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. So what do you guys interpret as the race that is set before us? If you could answer that quickly, James. Well, you know, I think primarily um, the race that is set before us is really um, our walk with Christ and managing to live in a world where sin is so frequently gratified um, and encouraged by um, the enemy, by today's culture. And God is frequently, um, you know, set aside and regarded mm -hmm. as secondary with regards to how one performs or how one is uh, regarded in this world. But, you know, I think um, a common denominator between everyone in this hall of faith is that primarily they um, set their eyes upon Christ, which actually Hebrews 12, 2 talks about. But additionally, also um, in Romans 8, um, 5, um, which is where Paul talks to the Romans about, who those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. 
but those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. Mm. And Paul later goes on to talk about um, how the wages of sin is death, but um, being found in, in Christ gives you eternal life and yeah. gives you freedom and, and, and freedom. Life. And Amen. so I think really um, running the race with the Lord is really how you can navigate, you know, the world in which we live while staying true to Christ and resisting the, you know, the constant temptation that is being, um, is headed your way. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, he says, verse one, prior to that, he says that we are to cast off every weight, or he says, lay aside every weight in sin, which clings so closely. And he calls us to run with endurance. So first off, I think it's important to know he, Paul, is saying that these things cling to us. He is addressing the fact that one, we're imperfect, and two, that we are in this world. Like you can never, as a believer, just like escape the world. Like there's always going to be temptations. There's always going to be difficulty. Mm -hmm. That is going to come. But he says to cast aside those weights in sin. So. My question to you, Asa, is when you hear cast aside weight, what comes to mind? I think the first thing, I mean, I guess I could first define what does it mean to cast aside weight. Yeah. I think that would mean to deny the sin that would previously, or even currently, feels like it defines us. Entangle you. Right. Entangles yeah. us. Um, literally just throwing it off of you. And by doing that, James, you touched on this is by setting your eyes on Christ. Mm -hmm. um, and as you were saying that, you know, I have Hebrews 11 and 12 open and my, my eyes just somehow crossed over Hebrews eleven twenty six, which says, it's talking about Moses. It says, he considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt for he was looking to the reward, um, to the, he's looking forward to the reward. And so I was talking about Moses was able to do this because he was looking forward towards Christ. Yeah. Wow. Um, That's why he is in the Hall of Faith. Absolutely. And when we think about guys like Moses, we think about, oh, yeah, God spoke to him through the burning bush. And, you know, Moses saw all these great things. I don't really make an often connection between Moses and Christ. But to think that someone who came before Christ is looking ahead to him, how much greater is it that we can like, see the words we can look and back. life of Christ yeah. and know what he did. And we can see the endurance that he set before us. So I think that... Yes looking not only at, you know, the hall of faith, but also looking to Jesus and the past, what he's done and the future, the treasures that he will reward us with is what allows us to see, okay, the treasures he offers is greater than the treasures that the world offers. Therefore, that sort of weight of value mm -hmm. allows us to be able to throw off the things that seem so enticing right now. Yeah, absolutely. So he says to run with endurance. Now, according to good old Google. Endurance means the factor or power of enduring an unpleasant or dif difficult process or situation without giving way. Now bear with me as I find this verse. I do believe it is John 6 verse 33 that states, let's see, John 6 33. That is not it. Um, well, it's a verse in John where Jesus says, take heart for I've overcome the world. And as we go into verse 2, I just want to bring to the fact that when we are called to run with endurance, we can be at peace um, knowing that, like both of you guys said, as we focus on Christ, we can know that Christ endured everything this world could possibly throw at him. So that means that we know 
okay, we are putting our faith and our trust in a God who overcame the world. Um, because there are times where I have fallen short, where I have sinned, where I've let my worldly circumstances get to me because I lost sight of the fact that I should be completely reliant on Christ as I go through my day-to-day walk and as I just go through trials. Because part of the Christian life, for those of you who may be new to your walk with Christ, is trials and tribulation will come. And I think James and Asa can both testify to this, including myself. So now verse 2 states, like Asa said, that we are to look to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. So, like I just said, and like James and Asa said, it is so important to focus on Christ. Now, 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27, Paul writes to the people of Corinth, and there were a lot of athletes that he was writing to. He says, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run? but only one receives the prize. So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wealth. But we, and when he says we, he's talking about we believers, people following Christ in an imperishable wealth. So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. So the reason why I bring up this scripture is just because it has the word racing in. I thought it was cool. Just kidding. All right. So the reason why, though, is Paul addresses the way in which we are called to run focusing on Christ. Notice how he says that, one, we do not focus on things of this world. We are focusing on eternity. We are called to have an eternal perspective. And actually, before I get more into that, what do you think having an eternal perspective means, James? Well, um, this, you know, this kind of brings me back to you know the original topic, but it's really having your eyes focus on Christ and things of the spirit, fruits of the spirit. Yeah. And Ecclesiastes, you know, we can determine that really any anything of this world and um, motivations that are found in this world are essentially vanity because we mm. cannot carry them over to the next life with Christ. Amen. Um, but having your eyes fixed on Christ, fixed on an eternal perspective, allows um, ourselves to really gain this um, this motivation and this determination to work heartily for the Lord and not for men as in Colossians 3:23. But uh, I like um, that. But also um to actually have a purpose that sustains throughout our lives and that we can actually keep with us once our time here on earth is done. So I think it gives us a mm. lot more meaning and it gives us a lot more um just uh I guess joy more so than pleasure. Yeah, yeah but true joy. Absolutely. Amen. I think joy is huge. Mm-hmm. It says in verse two, it says that Jesus died on the cross for the joy that was set before him, for the joy that we would encounter because of his sacrifice. Mm-hmm. So we most certainly are able to experience joy, even though we may have to endure. It may be mm-hmm. suffering we encounter, but God has told us that we can have joy and suffering. I believe that's in James. Um, but I also, Cameron, I wanted to ask you, it's yeah. really easy to talk about an eternal perspective. Um, but it's so difficult whenever the pressures of life seem so urgent and so pressing right now. Um, 
you know, it's important that we talk about, like, as college students, how, I guess, in your life or in general in the walk of a college student, can we look past the, I guess, the current problems that are facing us to see further beyond? Because even someone who's, I mean, you hear about people who are old and they're on their deathbed and they're like, man, I wish I could go back and do things differently because I have the perspective that I do now. Yeah. Um, and most people don't have that lengthened perspective. They're just like, I want to get my grades good. I want to get a good job. I want to have mm-hmm. a good family. But your purpose in life and the race you run is bigger than that. So how can you stay mindful of that in f- face of current pressures? Yeah. So I'm actually not answering any questions today, guys. So, so I'll have to talk to you about that later. <laughs> no. Um, so... Uh, no, comment, no comment. No comment. Yeah. We'll circle back to that next episode. Just kidding. So that is a great question. And something James and I were talking about uh, a couple nights ago, actually, is the uncertainties that college people can face. You know, who you're going to date, what jobs you're going to get, what you're majoring in. Mm-hmm. All these things are and can become at some point uncertainties that fill your life. And I think you know, in the realm of what it means to keep an eternal perspective and how we do it, I think there's a few things that come to mind that actually tie in with 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27. So in verse 26, Paul says he does not run aimlessly. And I think that automatically sticks out because it makes you think, okay, well, he is saying that he is intentional with what he does when he does it. And Um, As a college student, I think it's important to reflect on how you go about your week, how you are in class, in the mornings, at night, wherever, how you are around people, and really think like, okay, am I being sporadic? Am I just going about things um, mindlessly? Or am I being intentional with how I am pursuing certain things, whether that be goals or, um, you know, grades or a person, whatever it may be. And so I think that's for one, as he says, he does not run aimlessly. He doesn't box as one beating the air. Because if you think about it, right, you think about what he says there. Boxing as one beating the air means he is hitting absolutely nothing. So he's saying that those who can run aimlessly are literally doing absolutely nothing. And it is vanity, like you said, James. And so that's why I think as you ways in which you can maintain an internal perspective and not be be running aimlessly means one, of course, surrounding yourself in community, having people to hold you accountable, um, constantly remind you of what James said, that we are not working heartedly for man, but we are working for God, for things of eternity. Two, I think it's important to constantly dive into God's word. Now, I think it's legalistic for someone to say, oh, you need to read your Bible 30 minutes a day or five minutes, whatever it is, mm-hmm. because there is not a one size fits all when it comes to devotions or prayer in the mornings or at nights, whatever it may be. However, I will say, and I'm sure Asa and James can testify to this as well, that in my life, when I dive into God's word and I spend that quiet time with the Lord day by day, my outlook on the day is much different. Now, I will say, For me, I'm a guy who likes doing it in the mornings. I prefer the mornings because it's a quiet time when I can focus, when I can focus on the Lord as we are called. And it allows me to not run aimlessly, just kind of sporadic in my ways. It helps give me structure in my day. So I think all that will kind of build on a individual starting to see what's important 
and what really matters. Because the more they dive into God's word, the more they see what it means to follow Christ and be obedient to Christ and be a faithful servant, they'll start to really find joy in what matters Mm -hmm. and not things that are perishable, but things that are imperishable. So with that being said, um, verse 27, Paul says, I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. So either of you guys more than welcome to answer this question. What does it mean? Or what do you guys think it means? Verse 27, when he's saying, but I discipline my body. Because right before that, he's talking about boxing as one beating the air. Do you think it means like kind of what I just said in the realm of like being intentional? Or do you think he also has some other underlying things as well? I think it's very strong language to say that you make your body your slave. Um, Yeah. It's how you discipline your body. And I think that's because there's two options when it comes to disciplining yourself. It's either that your flesh is leading you or you are leading your flesh through Mm -hmm. the spirit. Um, And if you are not leading your flesh, then your flesh is controlling you. And that's not what you want. The way I've heard it once by um, a a leader in a church was he was saying that think of your body as a vehicle, you know, like when Mm -hmm. you get in your truck, you're not, okay, truck, go where you want me to go. Mm. Go wherever you want. It's the same way with your body. We're not, you know, we're not humans having a spiritual experience. We're spiritual beings having a human experience. Our body is only a vehicle for us to live this life. Um, our body's perishable. Soon enough, it's really not going to matter. Um, and so we are called through the spirit to lead our flesh and not have our flesh lead us. And to be led by the spirit means that you have to walk with the spirit. And how do you do that? I think those are the steps you mentioned earlier um, by reading your Bible. I don't, I don't know if you mentioned prayer, but prayer is essential. Mm, it is. I um, did not. Thank you for bringing that just up. Just to be able to have that perspective, to be able to look through life through the lens of your faith through every single day. Um, and I think it's so easy to lose touch with what the spirit wants you to do. If you don't connect with the spirit, you don't speak to the spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, that seems intuitive, but it's really easy to forget. Yeah, absolutely. It's something we can take for granted. And James, I believe it's James 1, but I'm not too too sure. James even talks about prayer and how we are to pray without doubting because one who doubts is like a wave getting tossed by the wind. And that is, I think, a great way to approach prayer. It's changed my mindset is in like, what is the point too of prayer if while you're praying, you don't even think God's going to answer it? Then you're just aimlessly, like Paul says here, you are just aimlessly praying mm. without intention, without the motivation to follow after Christ and keep your focus on him as you run the race. Um, now, James, you had a verse, Philippians. I do a verse. Philippians 4.8. Yes, I do. And um, I think that we've covered a lot, but you know, when, when we were kind of thinking of what we wanted to say, James brought this up and he's like, oh, I think I found a verse. And I heard it and I was like, man. Now, that would be an epic verse to close with. <laughs> it would be. Um, so, first off, though, before you say it, is there anything you do want to add on? Well, yeah, I was actually just about to add on to um, your and Asa's point earlier about yeah. um, how Asa was talking about, you know, it's necessary to discipline your body because your body quite literally is your flesh. Mm-hmm. And in Romans 8, um, 8, actually, Paul says, those who are in the realm of flesh cannot please God. Mm. And so, like what y'all were talking about earlier, um, prayer, um, diving into God's word and seeking Christian community allows yourself to be grounded in the spirit. And therefore, yes, uh, sir. that actually brings me into my point now in Philippians uh, 4, yeah. 8, because once you are grounded in the spirit, Listen Paul explains up, that 
whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, pure, lovely, admirable, and if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Paul later goes on to say that by thinking on such things that are from the Spirit, all good is from the Spirit, the God of peace will be within you. And so by planting yourself within the Spirit, by surrounding yourself with community, by thinking on fruits of the Spirit, and by disregarding the, the evil that is going on in the world and which only distracts you from God, you can more successfully run the race with God, walk with Christ, and ultimately be fulfilled and feel the endless love that he has for you. I love that. All right, y'all. Well, lots unpacked there. Again, for those who aren't believers, always an encouragement that, man, Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. Um, the fulfillment and joy I have found following Christ is it's, it's immeasurable. It is something that I marvel over almost every day. Um, and so for those listening who hear this, this advice, hear this scripture, and you're like, well, I don't know. Um, I just don't know about this stuff. I encourage you to pray and to just really think about Jesus. Think about who Christ is and, um, you know, take the time to look into it because mm -hmm. I will assure you, I can say confidently that it is something you will not regret. Anyways, you know, having James on this first time was epic. Um, and yeah, hope everyone listening has a great week and great month. And of course, great day. <laughs> All right. God bless you guys. God bless. Adios.